Welcome to Policy Today, thoughtful discussion of current issues vital to the future prosperity of Washington State, produced by the Washington Research Council. Hello and welcome to another episode of Policy Today, a podcast from the Washington Research Council. This is Mary Strau. I'm joined today by my colleagues Emily Makings and Chris Showbloom. Today we're going to be talking once again about K-12 education funding, funding for public schools, and the McCleary decision. And just a quick reminder, uh, McCleary is a court case from 2012 in which the Washington State Supreme Court decided that the state was not fulfilling its constitutional duty to fully fund basic education. And since 2012, the legislature has been working uh, to provide more funding for K-12 education. Um, they are not all the way there yet. Um, they are have been working throughout this interim um, through a legislative education funding task force um, to complete the what we assume will be the final part of full funding of basic education um, and the most expensive part of basic education, which is uh, salaries. Um, in addition to that, uh, the court case is ongoing. The legislature, or the state actually, is currently under a $100,000 per day fine for not, according to the state Supreme Court, um, uh, being adequately on track to provide, or for, I guess for not having provided a plan right. to the Supreme okay. Court um, uh, for how it's going to fully fund education. And as we've discussed, there's uh, there's a lot of controversy surrounding that in terms of uh, a current legislature being able to bind future legislatures. Um, we won't get so much into that today. Um, but what we are going to do today is just give everyone a quick update of where we are because a lot actually has been going on um, this summer um, and we're about to kick more into high gear uh, as we get into the fall and as we approach um, the 2017 legislative session which starts in January which promises to be a real humdinger. Um, many people have been morbidly joking about it being a year-round uh, session which we hope will not be the case but highly unlikely it will complete its work in the allotted uh, whatever three three and a half months. So first we're going to start off Emily um, you wrote very recently about uh, about the Attorney General um, submitting a filing and responding to some questions that the Supreme Court had. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Right. So first of all, it's actually, it's been just over a year since the court levied sanctions on the legislature and we're still talking about them. <clears throat> I know. Uh, they, uh, so the legislature in the last session um, enacted um, Senate Bill 6195, which they they believe complies with the the court's request for a plan on funding education, and um, but the state supreme court has said in they said in July that they will hear arguments in the case on September seventh to see whether they should dismiss the contempt order or continue sanctions in some way. So they asked the um, the parties involved a bunch of questions like um, what remains to be done, how much is expected to cost, 
how the state intends to fund um, the rest of McCleary, whether they should consider 6195 to be a plan. Um, and they also asked, like, what is the exact deadline? As we've, a lot of people have just been talking about 2018 as being the deadline for full compliance. Right. Um, so there's that. So then the Attorney General's office responded to that um, this week. And he, again, has, the office has again said that um, they think that the court should um, end the sanctions and there shouldn't be any contempt anymore because the legislature has done everything that it has said that it will do um, throughout all of this. And they've met all of their deadlines. Mm-hmm. So and far. As, as, as you have noted in our, uh, in our special report from June 15th, uh, you know, state funding for public schools has increased by over 40% since the 2009 11 biennium right they've not been doing nothing exactly certainly um so the the ag's brief um our use of the deadline um for mccleary um, full compliance is september 1st 2018 mm-hmm. and that's based on um what the some of the original legislation for basic education had had said in the um in uh 2010 i think so that's kind of interesting. Um, and then there's also a good discussion about capital costs in the brief, how the legislature hasn't actually, um, or the capital constructions have, hasn't actually been part of the court case really, but the Supreme Court has brought it up in a few different orders. So that's kind of out there. And um, uh, yeah, that's pretty much, I mean, it's, it kind of goes over territory that we've already been down before that um, kind of keeps reiterating that the court just, there's no no need for sanctions at this point because there's still time for the deadline. So Right. And of course, um, this upcoming legislative session will be a year in which they write a new biennial budget. Right. Um which they couldn't, you know, last year, as we've noted many times, was a just a supplemental budget year. So they really couldn't couldn't add. They did as much as they could, um, but they can't do that much in a supplemental budget year. Um, so I'm just going to give a brief overview. I'll be doing a longer uh, blog post about this later, giving a, a more extensive summary of what's been happening um, with this joint. Education Funding Task Force, which has been meeting. Um, it first met, I think, at the, ver- at the very end of the, the last legislative session, and it's been meeting every month except for August um, since then. It's made up of members of both the House and Senate. It is chaired by um, a man from the governor's office. Um, and uh, they are working to enact... Uh, Senate Bill 6195, Emily, which you referenced earlier. So the sort of the main task of the of the task force has been to oversee the hiring of a consultant, uh, and the consultant is going to. Um, I'm I'm reading here from uh, com- committee notes here, and I'll I'll provide links um, uh, in the in our blog post. Um, identify reasons for and funding sources of differences between existing actual salaries and prototypical school compensation from the state. 
um, identify market rate salaries comparable to each staff category in the prototypical school model, and develop a modeling tool to explore local labor market adjustments and criteria for evaluating various adjustments. So, in a nutshell, in layman's terms, what they're trying to do is figure out in each of the two Washington's 295 school districts, how much of basic education uh, school staff salaries is being um, is is using up dollars from the state, and how much from local levies. And of course, the whole point of McCleary is you can't use any local levy dollars for. Uh, anything related to basic education, um, including uh, teacher salaries. Um, so that's what this uh, uh, consultant is is tasked with doing um, and also looking kind of comparing, um, I guess that you know the mar what the market rate salary is in the whatever school district it is and figuring out um, not, not making a judgment about what's fair, but just what the, you know, compare for the work that the teachers are doing, what the comparable uh, uh, salary would be in the general labor market. So they have chosen uh, the Washington State Institute for Public Policy has chosen a consultant. It's called Third Sector Intelligence, or 3SI, in partnership with the Edgenomics Lab at Georgetown University. So, um, they have already begun this work. Um, there will be a preliminary report that they put out on September 1st. So we're recording this on August 26th. So in just a little bit, they'll be putting out a preliminary report. Um, and then the next meeting of the Education Funding Task Force will be, I believe, on uh, September 6th. Um, when they'll, and that'll be in Olympia. So they'll be discussing this, and it's kind of uh, uh, serendipitous that that will be the day before the next Supreme Court hearing on this matter. Um, so it should be pretty interesting. I don't know exactly how much data they're going to have in this preliminary report, um, but I know they've been working for several months now um, on this, and they are going in apparently to each individual school districts, so all 295 school districts. Um, and as our listeners may recall, up until now, uh, lawmakers and policymakers have been working under the general assumption that the, uh, the remaining cost of complying with McCleary um, for uh, having full state, full state funding of staff salaries for basic education is approximately three and a half billion. Um, so hopefully at the end of this process and the final report of the consultant is due in November, we will have a much more definite number. And from there, lawmakers will be able to go ahead and figure out where they're going to get the money from. Um, just a few things that have come up in the, in the, the, um, meetings of this Joint Education Task Force. They've had various really excellent uh, presentation by um, committee staff, legislative staff. Also, really interesting testimony from um, school superintendents from all over the state. Um, so, you know, the reason we haven't been able to pin down an exact number of how much this is going to cost is because uh, there's not a revenue to expenditure accounting stream 
um, in the school district. Someone, one of the staffers compared it to a joint checking account. Um, there's just a general fund in the school district. So they don't, they don't tag, okay, this came from local levy dollars and this came from the state and this came from uh, the federal government or from grants. So that's, that's the task of the, this consultant. Um, also, you know, a recurring theme uh, in these hearings is how much local choice our school districts have. And, you know, that's sort of generally recognized as a good thing. So, you know, schools have local choice to move their priorities around within basic, basic education and this prototypical funding model that the legislature has set up. Um, and that can also make it sort of difficult to pinpoint exactly where the money um, is going. And I, you know, it kind of raised a red flag for me because I thought, well, there's a lot of local choice as we move closer to, you know, the state being in charge of all of this funding for basic education. That's going to pose a real challenge in terms of how are we going to are the, are the school districts going to be able to maintain this local choice or is a lot more of the decision making going to be um, sent to the state? Um, that was just uh, something that popped into my head um, as, as I heard this. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. So currently state funding is for allocation purposes, only lots of flexibility given to locals. That's why it's so difficult to pin down. That was one person's... Um, testimony and that basic education looks a lot of different and it looks really different in different school districts that may be implemented differently. They may have, you know, they may have from school district to school districts different ideas of what constitutes basic education versus what constitutes um, extra or additional. Um, the the main point I got from uh, testimony from uh, various school superintendents, and they had ones from very rural areas and ones from sort of mid-sized towns and ones from much larger school districts, was that the current funding formula, what they call the prototypical school model, that's how the legislature drives out dollars, is not adequate. Um, the these superintendents said universally it's not enough. It's not enough for administrators. It's not enough for their teachers. Um, not enough for special education, gifted education, nothing. Um, that the state will drive out a certain amount of dollars and that they have to supplement that with their local levy dollars. Um, and that was, that was a recurring theme. Um, so that... What, oh, another thing they talked about, of course, was um, some options for consolidating health insurance. Right now, um, at the 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 as part of the um, uh, benefits and the what's the term I'm looking for? Collective bargaining, the bargaining that the teachers union does with their local school districts. They individual, a lot of them individually bargain for benefits, including health insurance. And there's been some talk of consolidating that at the state level so that all teachers just get uh, benefits similar to what state employees get. Um, and there was a and pretty interesting discussion, which I'll elaborate on later, about sort of the pros and cons of doing that and the, and the costs to um, the individual school employees versus the cost to the employer. 
Um, a real problem that exists right now with school employees is that the f- for an individual, um, the pre- monthly premiums are uh, pretty reasonable. But for someone with a family who wants to cover their a spouse and kids, it's really expensive. Um, and that's something that they they probably need to work on. Um, so that's it. And as I said, the next meeting will be September uh, 6th. And um, what I'll probably do is once that's over, I'll do a, a blog post summarizing everything that they've, that they've covered so far. Um, so there are a lot of, lots of stuff they have to uh, consider. Um, you know, the, the big takeaway from these meetings is how incredibly complicated this issue is. As we've said over and over, it's not simply a matter of, you know, okay, state just, you know, provides more money and drives it out to the districts. It's super complicated and they have a lot of different um, individual decisions to make about all the various aspects of, um, of complying with McCleary. So guys, I'll open it up to you. What are some of your thoughts about all this? I'm so I'm really going to be interested to see what happens with the uh, the first draft of the of the consultant's report. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there has been a, an awful lot of uncertainty floating around about how much of the uh, what the states uh, uh, what school districts are spending is actually uh, uh, truly basic education. Um, and uh, in fact, it's such a complicated problem figuring that out that uh, it's. I guess quite likely that even that the initial consultant's report will not provide as much um, um, closure on the issue as we're looking, we're hoping to see. Yeah, I, I'm suspecting that too. I mean, it's they've they've compressed what seems like a really uh, complex task into a very small amount of time. I mean, I think the consultant started working maybe in May, but po- I think possibly in June. Um, and there, you know, you think about 295 school districts, um, and, and just all the paperwork and everything. And, uh, I think it, it was at the last task force, um, meeting, there was some, there was mention that some of the school districts were a little upset about the um, information they were being asked to provide because it took a, it was going to take them a lot of time to produce all this um, the information and the data and they didn't necessarily have the staff or the time to do so so I mean yeah there's definitely a there's a worry that first of all it might not be totally complete I'm not trying to undercut the report before it comes out but also you know in in this day and age um, where people don't necessarily believe facts once they are presented. <laughs> you know, I'm worried if the number's too low, one side's going to say, that's not high enough. And if it's too high, one side's going to say, that's too high. Um, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And it's not like, you know, they're so under the gun. Um, this is kind of a make or break year that they kind of, they've got to do it. Although, you know, there's certainly some sentiment among some legislators that they don't like to feel so pushed by the, by the state Supreme court. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, a, a certain amount of arbitrariness, I imagine in, in determining, 
you know, what co- uh, particular piece of compensation is actually buying for mm-hmm. for the school district? You know, you're mm-hmm. you're hi- you're trying to hire a teacher, and what the teacher is interested in is, you know, what are, what how much money am I getting in my paycheck? Yes, um, and it's and if you want to give them more money, you may give them an extra piece of a, a piece of work to do. Um, which is ultimately necessary to get them to come to the school to, to, to provide day, basic education services. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, and I'm not sure because of the, um, the, the incredibly abbreviated time uh, constraints that the consultants are under, how much they're going to be able to take into yes. account, say, um, I don't even know. I need to go back and check, but I'm not even sure if they're going to be taking into account you know, the the value of their health benefits and all that, which can certainly be a huge factor in deciding, especially if you have a family, to take a job yes. or take a job somewhere else. You know, the salary may be a little bit lower somewhere else, but if the health benefits are better, you may go with the second one, second option. Um, so, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, but it will certainly be fascinating for us. I can, uh, we'll, we'll definitely be pouring through that report. Um, and certainly the final one is due in November. Um, and that's when the rubber will really hit the road. Well, and remember, too, that the um, after the report's finished, the task force is the one that is the body that makes recommendations to the legislature as a whole. Yes. So they could totally disregard whatever's in the salary. I mean, theoretically, whatever's in the salary report. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, this is the report itself isn't the end game here. No, exactly. Yeah, there's n- there's there's nothing in the law that says um that the legislature has to abide by what's in the report. Yep, that's a really good point. So, um all right, well anything else that you guys want to mention before we sign off? Not for me, I don't think. Yeah. No. All right. Well, we'll just wait and see then and we will keep our listeners um updated on all the latest happenings in the McClear, ongoing McCleary saga. Um, thank you all for listening. And remember, you can also, in addition to listening to us on our website and on SoundCloud, we are now on iTunes, Stitcher, as well as TuneIn. All right. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Policy Today is a production of the Washington Research Council, dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality and private sector job creation. For more information, go to researchcouncil.org.